Amen. Good, mo- good morning, Coastline family. Great to see you. And uh, what a fantastic video that was. So we should be so grateful for our amazing creative team. And thank you to Fifi for doing that lovely piece. And uh, we thank God for this, the team that just brought that together. So that was great to, to be blessed with that this morning. Uh, okay, so as John says, we are continuing our series, a six-part series, uh, looking through this Lord's Prayer, as we call it. And this is week two of six. And I feel a bit like Sarah last week, uh, where she said, uh, I'm preaching on two words. Well, actually, I feel better because I've got four words to preach on this morning. So how fantastic is that? So if you've got um, an NIV Bible, we're going to have a look at those four words uh, from Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. And I thought just to uh, colour it up a little bit, I thought what we do is we look at that same verse in, I think, about four or five or six, I can't count them here, six different passages, uh, different translations of the Bible, which just help us give a little bit of perspective, a different sense of, um, a different angle maybe on some of the words. So I'm just going to repeat essentially the same verse, but from six different translations. So we'll start with NIV, if you've got there now. And uh, it says this in my NIV text. Then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name from the amplified bible our father who is in heaven hallowed kept holy be your name contemporary english version matthew 6 verse 9 father in heaven help us to honor your name god's word translation let your name be kept holy Uh, good news translation May your holy name be honoured. And finally, from the New Living Translation, Matthew 6, verse 9, pray like this, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. Hopefully that will give you a lovely perspective. And we thank God for all these lovely uh, versions of his word. And we thank thank you, Lord, that they're all true and they speak into our lives. Amen. So this morning, I feel a bit like the bloke who does the uh, sports news on the uh, BBC News Bulletin just before Match of the Day. You know the guy that says, well, Match of the Day follows this programme, but if you don't want to know the results, look away now. And I'm going to say that a few times to you in the next few seconds here, because I'm going to say to you, if you don't want to hear an unapologetic declaration of the absolute supremacy of the name of our almighty God, then look away now. If you don't want to hear that the name of Jesus is the name, the name that is high and lifted up with all power and authority, the name to which Satan flees and demons tremble, the name under which mountains are cast into the sea. If you don't want to hear that, look away now. And if you don't want to hear that in this name, this definitive last name above all other names, under which every situation on heaven and earth holds its breath and gives its breath, if you don't want to know about the fact that the Lord Jesus is saying, one day every knee must bow to my name, then look away now, because that's what we're going to be doing this morning. 
because I want to talk to you about the name. That's in bold and underlined on my notes. It doesn't translate very well, I know. But the name, the name that is above all other names, the name to which every throne or power or ruler or authority must submit. You see, for me, it's impossible to approach uh, this part of the prayer in this uh, lovely little passage, just in these few four words, this second phrase that we've got, without acknowledgement of the glory and supremacy of our God. In fact, that's how that second phrase starts, isn't it? Father in heaven, which we covered last Sunday morning, hallowed be your name. And as Sarah so beautifully covered uh, for us last week, um, this prayer isn't intended to be a dictation of uh, these are the words you must pray, even though it perfectly adequately stands up like that. But they're more of a model, they're an example, a template, if you like, of how we should pray, of how we should construct our conversation with our Father in heaven. So what do these words, hallowed be your name, mean? And what is Jesus trying to teach us here? What is the example? What is the template that he's trying to lay down for us here? Well, let's start with the word hallowed then. Hallowed, what kind of springs to mind when I say the word hallowed? Maybe you're thinking straight away, this place, and it's great to be back in it. I'm trying to think the last time I spoke in it, it must have been at least a year ago. But this is a hallowed place, we could say. Uh, churches and their grounds are often referred to as hallowed grounds, maybe a cemetery in particular. But I, I guess you're a bit like me. My, my kind of head, when I heard the word hallowed, went to Halloween. And why do we call it Halloween? Because it's the eve, the evening before All Hallows' Day, or Saints' Day, considered to be one of the holiest days on the church calendar. We've kind of forgotten that now in our fascination with Halloween, it seems. So yes, hallowed means holy, but it means much more than that. It's an adjective, really. It's something that has been made holy. Something that's been made consecrated, that we make consecrated. Something we revere and honour and set apart. The verb to hallow literally means to do just that. To hold something up with reverence and awe. To mark something out as sacred, as special, as above other things. I'm a great fan of Matt Redmond, and he talks about the otherness of God in our worship. When we come, we, we come to God not because he's a nice bloke and he's like us, but he's other than us. He's different to us. He's above us. He's over us. And that's what we're encouraged to do when we say, hallow, hallowed be your name. We set it above. We, we lift it up. We say it's separate from us. It's above us. We put it in a position of respect and holiness. And what are we to hollow? Hallow even. Hallow, that's the one. What are we to hallow? We are to hallow his name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be thy name, as we sometimes pray. And I know I'm flip-flopping here between the name of God and the name of Jesus. 
Um, and you'll have to go with me on that this morning, because I think that's okay, particularly in the context of this particular passage. It might seem a bit weird that we've got a prayer about Jesus, that, G- uh, that we're praying to God, that Jesus is teaching us, and now we're talking about the name of Jesus, but it's okay. Just go with me on that. But in one sense, I'm pleased that we pray, and we often do pray to the name of Jesus and pray in the name of Jesus. And I'm pleased we're able to do that because we personalise it when we do that. And it's important to do that because the Jews of Jesus' time that he's teaching here couldn't necessarily personalise the name of God because he didn't really have a proper name. Sorry, Phil, what, what did you just say? No, 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 he really didn't have a proper name as such because the whole... Um, the whole reverence thing about, uh, particularly that third commandment where they say you shan't take the name of the Lord God in vain, it got to such a state where nobody even dared mention the name of God. Yes, there's words in the Old Testament, be less controversial here, there's words in the Old Testament that talk about God and, and his name and words that were substituted in one sense for his name, but they're not really his actual name. We get beautiful words like Jehovah Jireh, God is our provider. Jehovah Nissi, he's a banner. Jehovah Rapha, he's a healer. El Shaddai, he's the mighty one. LOM, the everlasting one, the Lord of peace, the Lord of hosts, Jehovah Shalom and Jehovah Sabaoth. But these are all words about, about, about him, defining in one sense what he's done his status, if you like. They're not positions about his name. They're not names for God as such. So what was his name then? Well, I have to say, in version one of my notes, I went into a lot of detail on this. (laughs) And here it is. If you want to read it, I'm going to mail it over to you. So that's okay uh, if you want it, but um, I'm decided to skip that on version two of my notes. But let me just say this. The bottom line here is this third commandment, which is don't take the Lord, the name of the Lord God in vain, had stopped the ancient Jews and the Jews of Jesus' time from speaking God's name. And, and just again, bottom line in this a bit, because of the way that ancient Hebrew was written, it was written without uh, vowels, only consonants, the, the spelling of the name of God was Y-H-W-H. We sometimes say Yahweh uh, is, is the pronunciation of that. But the truth is, nobody really knows because the vowels have gone missing from the text, were never recorded in the text, and nobody actually spoke out the names that wasn't passed down in one sense from generation to generation in that sense. So what we get then is words that are used for God in the Old Testament, and perhaps the most popular of those is Adonai, I don't know if you've heard that one, which means Lord. It's a sort of um, uh, a greeting a slave would give to his master. It's Adonai. I don't know if you've, you've heard that, that one before. And as Sarah said to us, again, beautifully last Sunday morning, one of the revolutions of Jesus in this beautiful prayer, we said, enough with that. Approach God as Father. Don't talk about master, master, slave. That's not the context of your relationship. The context of your relationship is love. 
It's of a father with a child. In fact, God's word, we, we think father is a New Testament thing. Actually, it's in the Old Testament, but, but the people of God never picked up on it. God often talked about fathering his people, but, he, but the people never picked up on that relationship. But Jesus is saying, come on, this is what God wants to be with you. This is the name that he wants to be hallowed, that in, name of intimacy, of relationship. Hallowed be your name. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, and just going uh, to the, back to those Ten Commandments again, have you ever thought it's curious that the third commandment, right at the top of the list, is don't take the, the name of your Lord God in vain. It comes after, you shall have no other gods before me, you shan't make any idols, don't take the Lord's name in vain and that's before we even get to talk about the heavy stuff like theft and adultery and murder but it's there right at the heart of those 10 commandments don't disrespect don't don't throw throw around the name of the lord god because there's relationship there and the name of god is sacred is holy it's above us but we have a relationship with that god so don't disrespect it. And when Jesus taught his disciples to say, hallowed be your name, some Jewish uh, observers and scholars have said uh, that he was quoting actually a Jewish prayer, a daily ritual prayer that was part of their worship every day, and probably still is, I think, where Jews would say, you are holy and your name is holy and your holy ones praise you every day. Blessed are you, the God who, who is holy. So in saying, hallowed be your name, we're saying we're agreeing to guard the reputation of our God. We're agreeing to lift up the name of our God and keep it with integrity and mark it as holy. Hallowed be your name. It's to be revered held up in awe. And surely that's what we're doing when we worship, isn't it? Isn't that combination of intimacy, Father in heaven, the relationship that we have, but with that sense of awe and respect and glory and majesty, when we combine those two things, that's what we've just done in our worship and constantly do in our worship every time we gather in his name. Like so many of our songs, it, we lift up the name of our almighty God. We say you're holy. We say you're mighty. We say you're above all things. But we thank you that we have an intimate, personal relationship with you. Hallowed be your name. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And that's the key, in one sense, that opens the lock to the rest of this psalm, like it does in all of our prayers. Worship is and always should be our number one priority. That's why it's of prime importance to us in the vineyard. That's why we spend so much time worshipping together. And it's the key that opens the lock of the rest of this prayer. Your kingdom come. 
your will be done. Because we set you in that position of intimacy, yes, but with reverence and all, you're above all things. We have a relationship with you. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. But more of that, leave that for Ant for next week, right? And we lift him up. We set him up in that rightful context, in that rightful place. We say all things, Lord God, are under your feet. All things are submissive to you and we are submissive to you awesome and mighty God it's all about you hallowed be your name do you realize what a huge honor it is to stand in in this place and and other places like it and speak this stuff out I just feel so privileged to be able to speak this but you, I doesn't need to, you don't need to do it from the front of the church here. You can speak the name, the glorious name, into every situation of your life. That is your privilege as a, a son and daughter of the king this morning. You can speak the name of Jesus into every situation. Hallowed be your name, we can say. Hallowed be your name. We speak the name. We speak the almighty name over every situation in our life, over every circumstance in life. That is our awesome, awesome privilege. Hallowed be your name. Over sickness and over disease. Hallowed be your name over depression, over addiction, over broken hearts and broken lives, hallowed be your name. Over poverty, over hunger, over loneliness, over despair, hallowed be your name over desperation, over this is my last chance. Hallowed be your name. That is our great privilege and honour this morning as we worship, as we come with that glorious, grateful heart to worship the great and glorious God and set him above all things, we say, United together. I know we're in our homes, but let's just say it together. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm just going to ask the band to come up because I just want to, uh, just in closing really, I just want to speak a couple of scriptures over you, if I, if I may. Um, these are scriptures the Lord's laid on my heart and they're very familiar words Um, but I just want to speak them over you uh, this morning I just want to speak them over you as words of truth they're words that hold up that glorious name and I just want to be able to uh, just minister in one sense through God's word into your your life today so let me just read these if I may I'll just read them through slowly Uh, first is from Philippians 2 If you want to read in your own Bibles, uh, verses 9 to 11, it says this. Therefore, 
God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And just a second one there from, again, Paul's writings, this time to, uh, to the church in uh, Colossus, Colossians 1, 15 uh, to 18. It says this, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he would have the supremacy. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name.